So storytelling has become this whole movement the past couple of years. There are at least 20 TED Talks that are easily accessible on YouTube on the power of storytelling, if not more. And this week, I found myself in the pit of them. I watched far too many than I am willing to admit. Speakers from all different countries had these all different ideas about how storytelling is powerful. Some focus on the power of storytelling to promote things like social change. Others explored the science behind what happens in our brains when we hear a story and why it is that we're more likely to remember a story than we are just straight facts. But with each talk, they all have one thing in common. Well, two things, really. First, they all have this invitation in common. This invitation to come and to listen, to be there in that moment. The second thing that all of these storytelling advocates have in common is that they make this point in telling stories, even the ones that we aren't proud of and the ones that we'd rather hide from, when we tell them, we create space for empathy. We create space for connection and space for relationships to flourish. When we hear or when we read stories, we come and we see. Henry Nowen wrote about the story that we read today. You can actually find this writing in the collection of Sunday School writings for that combined Sunday School class on Zoom that will go live just after this worship service. But in that writing, Nowen invites us to put ourselves in the gospel story. So let's do that for a minute. Jesus had been calling his disciples, first John, then Andrew and Simon Peter. They recognize him as the Lamb of God and they call him Rabbi. They ask Jesus where he was staying and then Jesus says those words, come and see. The next day they go to Galilee where Jesus says, follow me to Philip. Philip goes searching for Nathaniel and with great excitement, Philip exclaims that they have finally found the one Moses writes about. They have found him, and he is from Nazareth. So you are going about your day in your house. You hear your friend screech up in the driveway with the tires squealing and all. Their face is flushed with excitement, and they're talking at a volume that is well above the outdoor voice volume. Your friend says, we found Jesus. We found him. He's here, and he's real. Then Nathaniel has this very relatable reaction. He is skeptical that anything good can come from Nazareth. Surely there is no way that this is the Messiah. There is no way that the one Moses wrote about comes from Nazareth. Nothing good comes from Nazareth. Once your friend has started speaking in a volume that doesn't strain your ears to listen to, you begin to really hear them, to listen, and you respond. You too are skeptical. Jesus? Really? Friend, I'm not sure what you've been up to this morning, but there, there's just no way. 
Philip, though, Philip doesn't even acknowledge Nathaniel's skepticism. Philip just says, come and see. Come and see if anything good can come from Nazareth. It's almost like a challenge. Really, your friend says, are you really not going to come and see this? And so you both go together. When Jesus sees Nathanael walking towards him, Jesus already knows him. Jesus knows that Nathanael is genuine. Jesus knows that his heart is true. Jesus knows Nathanael was under a fig tree before, and that is enough to convince Nathanael that yes, yes, something good really can come from Nazareth. Jesus truly is the Son of God. Come and see. Those words, come and see, had been ringing in my head the past week or two. See, in this almost playful sense, Philip invited Nathaniel to come and to see what God was doing when they went to meet Jesus together. Philip invited Nathaniel to come and to see. I think we ourselves get invited to come and see a lot of different things. Friends invite us to come and see a new book they've just started. Sisters encourage us to come and see this new TV show they just began binge-watching. Our kids invite us to come and see the tiniest little acorn that is the most special thing in the entire world, right? Instagram and Facebook and whatever other social media platforms we partake in, they invite us to come and see maybe the cool meal our friends have just eaten, whatever fun place they are safely visiting. News outlets invite us to come and see what's happening in the world, those good stories and those stories that don't warm our hearts. We are invited to come and to see all the time. A lot of things compete for our attention. But how often is it that these other things invite us to step into their story? How often are we really invited to connect with one another? Come and see, Philip said to Nathaniel. In that reading that Frida picked to go along to come, to go along with that come and see passage that Henry Nouwen wrote. Henry Nouwen thinks that perhaps what's so special about these words, come and see, is what they are not. He doesn't say, come and take up your cross. He doesn't say, come, I will change you, or even listen to me. The invitation is much, much simpler. Just come and see. Come and see where God is. Come and be with me. Look around and get to know me. Come and see the promises that God is fulfilling right now even. Come and see my story, Jesus says. Storytelling is this really powerful thing. Much of Jesus' ministry, even, was telling stories to the disciples and anybody that was willing to listen. When he tells those stories, he connects with them. He creates this bridge for empathy. 
He includes them in God's story. Each time Jesus tells a story or a parable even, he says, come and see. Jesus says, come and see what God is doing in this world. And he invites his disciples into God's story that is unfolding before us even still. Just like Philip invited Nathaniel to come and see, Jesus invites us to come and see the work that God is doing in this world, to come and to see the story. But we have a lot of things that compete for our attention. How can we open our eyes to see what God is doing in the world when there are about a thousand other things that expect the same attention? I don't really think the answer of how we come and see is something like carving out more time to read the Bible or making sure you write on your to-do list time to pray. I don't think that invitation to come and see is something that we have to necessarily add to our to-do list. Although if those practices work for you, then continue on, please. I think instead that invitation is one much more like Philip's invitation to Nathaniel. It's playful. Come and see. I think that's how we accept God's invitation to come and see God's story, to come and see what God is doing in the world. We do it from a place of play and from a place of wonder. We give ourselves space to wonder where and how God is in the world. And when we do give ourselves that space to wonder, then we see. Earlier this month, I had one of those God moments where I wondered and I saw. I read these two nonfiction books, which I don't usually opt for nonfiction books, but they were on my hold list from the library, so I read them. One was a story of a young black woman's cells. These cells are responsible for far too many medical advances to count. And the story of where these cells came from, the woman they came from, were stories that had been ignored. But they are finally being told. And then that other nonfiction story was the story of a healing that occurred for over 80 women. And that healing was brought about when an ugly truth about a man who had too much power and a man who had a significant amount of money was finally brought into the light after far, far too many years of the truth being suppressed. As I read these two very different stories, that come and see invitation lingered. I was surprised that I hadn't heard these stories before and I wondered where God was and why in the world was I spending my time reading these books that held such hard truths about our society's past. What was God doing? And then it hit me. Come and see. The seeing what God was doing wasn't so much in the reading of these stories themselves, although they are powerful and certainly worthy of time. But it was the fact that we live in a world now where these kinds of stories are even being told. They are no longer suppressed 
and they are no longer doomed to be ignored or forgotten. These stories are in the light. Our stories are in the light. See, God is making space for our stories to be told, to be heard, and to be listened to. What a breathtaking thing to come and see. Friends, God invites us to come and see what God is doing in the world, just like Philip invited Nathaniel to come and see Jesus, the one that Moses writes about, the one that is God's son, the one that is the king of Israel. God invites us to come with our stories, our stories that we'd rather hide, our stories that we aren't particularly proud of, and even our stories that we're still looking for the right words to say. God invites us in. Jesus invites us in, and Jesus shows us empathy as he walked among us. Jesus weaves our own stories into God's great story of love, into God's great story of grace, and into God's story of redemption. Friends, come and see. Come and wonder what it is God is doing in the world. Come and see. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.